Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumphs and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives as well. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast, where we're sharing stories and advice from the leaders and businesses behind the meteoric rise of Bentonville, one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities in America's heartland nestled in the Ozarks of Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, James Bell, and I am thrilled to share the studio virtually today with Jen Dice and John Paul Schaefer from People for Bikes, which has offices in Boulder, Colorado and Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, Jen is People for Bikes president and CEO, and John Paul is People for Bikes Northwest Arkansas Bike Business Innovation Director. Uh, Jen and JP, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Hey, let's start this ride. Uh, Jen and then John Paul, will you share with our audience about yourselves? Uh, tell us about your backgrounds, your passion for bikes, and what led to your role at People for Bikes? Uh, sure. I grew up in um, the Midwest. And when I moved to Colorado, I met a bunch of friends that loved mountain biking and they got me completely uh, hooked on the sport. And when in Rome, I signed up for the Leadville Trail 100, which is this 100 mile mountain bike race here in Colorado and met tons of great friends through it. I met my husband through it. And my day job, I was a lobbyist and worked in public policy arenas and um, met someone who worked in bike, bicycle advocacy and they convinced me to go to work for them. And um, it was, it's been a beautiful ride, if you will, and that I get to both, um, my love of bikes is sort of my day job and my night job. I get to be able to um, be a spokesperson and an advocate and work with an incredible team of people that believe in the power of the bikes. Yeah. And um, for me, you know, grew up riding bikes as a way to get kind of beyond my own neighborhood. Um, growing up in Memphis, I had an interest in political science and an interest in how cities work. You know, of all things, I have a music degree for my undergraduate, but eventually got around to city and regional planning and with a particular interest in transportation. Um, and so got a master's degree in that, uh, went to work for a regional planning agency in Memphis, continued in kind of like the, the transportation and housing space, um, working on policy and advocacy, um, and also happened to get in with a, a local co-op that was doing bike repairs and bike recycling. And that kind of led to, you know, when People for Bikes was working in Memphis, getting connected with them there. And I guess the rest is history. So here I am today. You bet. Yeah, JP, you and I landed here in Bentonville about the yep. same time. I believe you were uh, a month before me. Both of us moved here from Memphis. It is remarkable that we uh, never crossed paths in Memphis, but here we are. You know, I, I, let's talk about people for bikes. What's your mission? Our mission is to be the best, um, to make America the best place to ride a bicycle in the world. So we do that through infrastructure. We do that through public policy. We do that through increasing participation. Uh, we really believe that the bike makes life great and believe in the profound effect the bicycle can have on lives and communities. And so we've been centering on this mission of making America the greatest place to ride a bicycle on road, off road, from young to old. 
um, where a place where bike paths and trails are ubiquitous. Wonderful. I love that you're so engaged in advocacy for the entire biking community rather than just, you know, a part of it. Could you tell me what are some of the most important or transformative lobbying efforts that you're working on right now? Great question, James. We were um, real. We had a big win last year for bicycling. We helped with a coalition of people secure 70 percent more funding from Congress for bike paths, for trails, single track, bike parks, you name it. And our job right now is getting states, getting cities, getting communities to go build those projects. So there's there's big pots of funding in equity and climate change and connecting bike networks for recreational trails. And um, the biggest initiative we're working on is getting more infrastructure on the ground fast, accelerating all things around building bike infrastructure. Another big initiative for us is electric bicycles. We do a ton in the e-bike space. They're they, um, the sales are through the roof. They're a great uh, equalizer, if you will. They just sort of give you a boost for biking. And we're seeing huge popularity both for biking, electric bicycle popularity for biking for transportation or biking for fun, for recreation. And so we do a lot of work for access, for electric mountain bikes, and for classifying uh, mountain bikes, and even things like purchase incentives, giving you a tax credit the next time you think about buying an e-bike. Wonderful. When is that tax credit coming from the federal government? We wish it was yesterday, James. <laughs> we have an e-bike act, a national e-bike act that we were left out of the last climate change bill. So we are, of course, gravely disappointed in that. But we're lobbying it like crazy and working it and have some other opportunities in Congress. But we've also pivoted to the state and local level. I think we've helped pass about 12 purchase incentives at the local level. And we've got you know probably a dozen more that we're monitoring and advocating for. So you could get a purchase incentive through your utility company in some cases, through equity funds serving underserved communities that might not have access to transit. Um, they, we do a lot of work in the equity mobility space, making sure that all people have a chance to move around their communities freely. So purchase incentives, there's, a, not, there's not a one-size-fits-all aspect of it. We're lobbying for a lot of different purchase incentives or tax credits. Wonderful. Sounds like you are really working hard at that. So I look forward to uh, seeing what comes here and at the, the federal level, hopefully in the future. You know, in Bentonville and across Northwest Arkansas, we want everybody to feel or, or rather not just feel, but know that they belong here no matter who they are. How are you working to make the cycling industry more inclusive and diverse? By having a lot of conversations, hosting a lot of events, webinars, both events that are both virtual events and in-person events, including everyone is one of our core values, and we take it very seriously. And we have both an internal DEI committee and an external diversity, equity, and inclusion committee that has about 25 different brands on it, where the bike industry is really digging deep and seeing how can we make our companies more welcoming and inclusive? How can we make our hiring practices better? How can we work on sustaining and supporting a diverse workforce? We do a lot. Also, we, 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 we're a funding organization as well. And there's a lot of amazing groups, talented groups out there doing really important work in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. So we're always looking to fund other groups that are doing great work there as well, too. Wonderful. So before we talk more about your organization. Now seems like a really good time to make an observation, ask a question around it, Jen. Um, you know, male-dominated industries aren't supposed to be a thing, but here we are, and the cycling industry is a male-dominated industry. 
So Jen, how how have you navigated the challenges related to that? By trying to change it. (laughs) People for Bikes were about, well, probably about 70%, about 70, 30, I want to say, maybe 60, 40, female, male, or women, men. The people who are on our boards and subcommittees realize that this is a problem. And they've including everyone and putting others first, also core values for our boards and our committees, and really trying to welcome and nurture and empower that next generation of leaders. So you see a lot of our work in our boards and subcommittees, in our cultivation events, in our funding priorities, really trying to change the bike industry for the better, to be more welcoming to women, to the LGBTQ plus community, to BIPOC communities and more. So it's something that is absolutely top of mind. It's truly one of our core values and it's coming through in all of our work, both for bicycling, for the bike industry and for bike advocacy. Wonderful. Well, for a community that really focuses on that, I'm glad that's in your work. Let's get back to Bentonville in Northwest Arkansas for a moment. What led to People for Bikes establishing an office here? Yeah, James, great question. You know, People for Bikes has worked with communities around the country for a number of years to look at how infrastructure gets built, how it gets designed, kind of what are the policy mechanisms that that help that happen too. And so we've been doing work here in Northwest Arkansas for, for a number of years, and that's been everything from consulting on bike paths and things like that, doing economic analyses and, and doing polling. And then we another thing we do with leaders to kind of show them the best in-class bicycling there is out there is we do study tours to countries that have really figured this out for the last several decades. And so several European countries like the Netherlands, Denmark, Spain, we've taken a number of folks from up here in Northwest Arkansas to kind of see how that process has happened see, you know, a fully developed bike network, safe bike network. And then, you know, so over the years, we've had that relationship develop with the Walton Family Foundation. And when employers here in the region were starting to express an interest in getting more folks commuting by bicycle, that was where that relationship kind of took this next step. So we're working with Walmart, for instance, to help with their 10% alternative commute goal, working with J.B. Hunt, Northwest Arkansas Community College, You know, different motivations for each one, um, different goals, but all in all, you know, it's embracing that bike culture. It's being a part of the the zeitgeist of the community and getting more folks riding for transportation. Awesome. I I think that's a good transition for us becoming, you know, using bikes more for commuting and the such. I mean, we're already known as the mountain biking capital of the world. And and I know you'll have a take on what that means to you, whether it's accessibility or, or otherwise, but will you speak to that? and the overall biking scene here in Bentonville? Yeah, and this is the guy who moved up here with nothing but a, an eight-speed commuter bike, but now have purchased several more. You know, the, in terms of mountain biking, like I haven't done some of the big, like iconic rides and things like that out west or in the mountains and things like that. But what I really love about the the mountain biking scene here is that everything is so close and so accessible. You know, there are so many different trail systems, world-class trail designs, and just being able to get out, you know, and and get to a trailhead really quickly and be able to ride a variety of different skill levels and different types of single track and other things. I think that's what really makes it the, the mountain biking capital of the world is that everything is so accessible. And then the overall biking scene is is really strong as well, you know, with gravel and with road riding, you know, the community is getting great events, um, some that have been, you know, here for decades and others that are newer. 
Um, and so there's just a lot of connectivity around biking in general. You bet. Jen, you looked like you wanted to jump in and say something a moment ago. JP captured it perfectly. I mean, it's it's world-class biking at every level. It's so exciting to be part of this community in a small way. And what I love about Benville too in the trails and bicycling community is it's it's a living lab and that we're trying things, we're experimenting, we're adapting where we need to be. And JP, People for Bikes, and a whole bunch of other coalition members are part of now moving into the direction of making it a world-class area for bike commuting, for families, for safety. It's extraordinary on the mountain bike front, and they're not slowing down anytime soon. And we want to see that extend to connected bike networks throughout the whole region and the whole community. And I have so much faith in the people in Bentonville and the leaders in Bentonville. I know that we can do it. Absolutely. And James, you know, one other thing I had to add, like we screened a movie over the weekend called Motherload. It's all about cargo bikes and how they can be used for all kinds of different things, getting kids around, going shopping, serving in emergencies and things like that. And we had a little bike show before that and had just like 15 people come with their cargo bikes. It was like every manner of cargo bike you can imagine. And so that's the next thing I really want to see is like, how do we get folks like okay, I'm going to go to the grocery store on this. I'm going to take the kids to school. I'm going to do all of these kinds of things with the bicycle. Yeah, that's totally cool. I would do that. I I love, Jen, that you described Bentonville as a living lab, Uh, whether it's for bikes or anything else. We seem to be doing a lot where we're a a living lab. And it's it's just part of the culture here. It's going all the way back to the days of Sam Walton and J.B. Hunt and and Don Tyson and the, the culture that they created here of let's just try things. And I love it. Let's let's dive in and experiment. And if it doesn't work, great, we change. And if it does work, that's amazing. Let's pour more fuel on the fire and, and see what I, now. What can we do next to to do even better than that? The uh, will you share with our audience some of your work? Uh, you mentioned a moment ago some of your work in Bentonville and our region, including if you can what it is that you're doing with Walmart and their new campus. Sure. I think, you know, this is all in that same vein of innovation and experimentation. There are communities typically like on the coasts and places where there are different like traffic and parking uh, and real estate issues than we necessarily have here. But it's that same mindset. It's like, well, if we want people to make a behavior change, we need to A, equip them with the the knowledge and the, you know, the, the gear and just those kinds of things, the practical side of it. But also on the other side of it, it's like, let's program things that make them want to get out and ride a bike. Let's create community around bicycling and then let's throw incentives in. So that's another thing. You know, we see companies around the country that offer, you know, if it's a a dollar amount for riding your bike a certain number of times, or if it's a benefit to a health club, or Sometimes it's a donation to a nonprofit. And so we're doing a variety of those things with with the companies we're working here in Benton County with. And so it, it's part programming. It's part being a, an, a consultant on their infrastructure on campus. Are there paths and parking and showers and lockers and the kind of things you need to successfully bike commute? And then, you know, what are those little incentives we can throw in? It's like if you ride this many times in a month, you get a nice handlebar bag or a custom t-shirt. And, you know, in some cases it'll be, you know, just a cash uh, amount for a certain number of 
commutes in a month, they can go towards bike expenses. Um, so we know that, you know, free parking is often provided for, for vehicles. And so we want to do something similar, like offer a benefit there for, for making a choice to ride bike. James, I would quick jump in as well and say, you know, this all stems back from Walmart's bold goal that JP just mentioned. Walmart set this bold goal to get 10% of their associates taking active transportation. You know, we want 10% to start, you know, biking to work, you know, at least one day a week. And so that's a big vision. That's exciting. Walmart, you know, when Walmart bikes, everybody bikes. And you think Mm -hmm. about how many people do business with Walmart, how many people work there and what leadership, what profound leadership that can have. And so we're working with this dynamic team of leaders there. Cindy Marsuglio, Christy Gallagher, Courtney Barrett, people that are excited to experiment, to pilot, to try things. You know, there's no silver bullet to just, you know, flip a switch and all of a sudden immediately 10% are writing. So we're really trying to figure out how to win hearts, how to win minds, how to make it, um, how to reduce barriers for people so that they can see themselves going by bike. And in a community that is when there's so many avid enthusiast bicyclists, it can be intimidating. You know, it's challenging. It can be hard to buy a bike. It can be hard to maintain one. It can be intimidating to what to wear, where to go. You know, of course, people can be um, nervous around traffic and not know the best routes. So it's a pretty exciting time happening in Bentonville and in Northwest Arkansas to really work with a business with business partners to get their their community, get their associates riding. Jane, you That's know, cool. so we, yeah. well, well, just one thing I want, like we've been doing these weekly Thursday rides and we, we go, we go slow as slow as the, the slowest person on the ride. Sometimes it's six, seven miles an hour average, but twice we've had folks at the end of the ride say that was the longest ride I've ever done. And we're talking eight, 10, 15 miles. And, you know, to just hear that from somebody who's new to it or is rediscovering bicycling for the first time since they were a kid, that's been so rewarding just to be there and be a little bit of a part of someone's own journey with the bicycle. That's neat. That's the ride I need to take, the Thursday ride. I At the Chamber, we have a Friday ride day. So if anybody's listening and they want to join the Friday ride day at 1130, do that. But wh- where does your ride meet up? What time? And the such, JP? Yeah, we do those at 5.30 every Thursday. We'll do them through the end of October. And then when the seasons change, we'll, we'll take a break. Um, we actually change the location. We meet somewhere different. We kind of rotate through the same four locations. But we've got an Eventbrite page uh, and some new social media that we're running where folks can find all of that information out. Cool. I'll look for that. Hey, so the, the next couple of months, it seems like we have a bike race, a festival, a conference every week, if not multiples uh, in some weeks. One of the most important events coming up is presented by People for Bikes. Uh, The Shift 22 Bicycle Leadership Conference is October 18th through 20th. And I can tell you already, there are three things I really love about this. First, Shift starts on the last day of the uh, Northwest Arkansas Technology Summit, but it's also surrounded by uh, some other events, UCI Cyclocross Races, Outer Bike Bentonville, and the uh, Lifetime Big Sugar NWA Gravel Race. Shift 22 happens during peak foliage change here in the Ozarks, which is an unbelievably you know, beautiful time to be here, as y'all know. So great time to be enjoying uh, the spectacular outdoors here and Bentonville's trails. And then there's the keys or, or tracks for, that you have for creating the bike industry we want to see. And those seem to be absolutely 
on point. I know you must have a lot to talk about regarding Shift 22. So let's start with this. What's the purpose of the Shift 22 Bicycle Leadership Conference and why did you choose Bentonville to host it? The purpose is to cultivate and grow and empower both current and future leaders. So it's all about, like you said, moving the bike industry forward, creating the bike industry we want to see. Um, there's so many great success stories there in Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas that we want to amplify. We want to augment and bring the bike industry uh, to this part of the world so that they um, can they can learn. A- another reason that we pick Bentonville, aside from all the things we've talked about previously in this podcast, you know, the Living Lab, so many great nonprofits, model trails community, is we actually have a lot of People for Bikes members in Bentonville. Rafa, Allied, Walmart, uh, Buddy Pegs, Visit Bentonville. We're a big part of our work is also the Bike Industry Trade Association, and we've got 325 supplier members. And Bentonville is turning into an epicenter for bike business, for suppliers, for bike shops, um, for businesses related to the sales of bikes. Wonderful. Will you talk more specifically about the three tracks and why you chose those? Absolutely. Our three tracks are diversity, equity, and inclusion, climate change, or sustainability. And the third one is in America, and that's fostering assembly and manufacturing in the United States and growing jobs, workforce development. And for a bike industry that predominantly manufactures in Asia, we have a burgeoning um, movement and a lot of folks that want to be able to start with assembly and move in the direction direction of production. Uh, and manufacturing. And you've got a lot of great examples locally that we're going to take people to. A big part of the conference is experiential. So those three tracks, again, DEI, sustainability and climate, and in America, um, not only will we have keynotes and you know um, concurrent sessions that are indoors, and um, we're also going to have study tours by bike so that you can go on a bike ride with Molly Cameron and learn about having more inclusive bike rides. You can go on a bike ride study tour of Allied and um, learn about manufacturing in the United States. So we really have workshops. We have more immersive education and a lot of um, bike ride study tours where you can get out and experience and tour and ask questions with community leaders, national leaders, uh, and and businesses that people want to learn from. That's fantastic. I love conferences that also have immersive parts. And, and, you know, when folks go over and see Allied Cycle Works, of course, they're going to learn, uh, as they have if they uh, saw that pod, that uh, episode of the podcast, that we are building bikes here, right here in America, and they're carbon fiber bikes, and they're best in class. So, realizing I'm about to get you in trouble because you can't possibly cover them <laughs> all, uh, who are some speakers that attendees should absolutely uh, see, ones they don't want to miss? Uh, there's so many. You're right. I'm definitely going to get in trouble. But some highlights, uh, Rasan Bahati, um, who also lives in Bentonville, he has the Bahati Foundation, and it's all about getting underserved youth out on bikes. Mm-hmm. John Ferner, CEO of Walmart, VP Philanthropy from Walmart is also going to be there, and Dan Bartlett. Eric Bronsford is a name you might not know. He has the circul- circular cycling economy. And here we have this great product for the planet, for mobility, and um, for your carbon offsets. But we're a manufacturing group like everybody else. And manufacturing um, has a a very real footprint. And so Eric Brobsvert is going to talk about the circular cycling community. Uh, Jeremy McPhee from the Unpavement Project. Marley Blonsky from All Bodies on Bikes. Uh, I mentioned Molly Cameron and her nonprofit Ride. 
on all about um, trans cycling and making sure we're really supportive of the trans community and LGBT community. Uh, Corey and Justin Williams um, and their Legion group, their Legion cycling team, uh, Made in the USA panel, Allied, of course. And there's another company that you might not know, James, um, named Kent, American Bicycle Company. And Arnold Kamler, Scott Kamler, they manufacture a lot of bicycles for Walmart. And they're trying to uh, manufacture in the U.S. And it's been a project they've been doing for decades, and they're moving in the direction so of more made in the USA. So just uh, a few highlights. There's a lot more at shift.peopleforbikes.org, uh, where you can see the full lineup of speakers in all three of our tracks. Awesome. Well, you know, I've already had three of the uh, speakers that I, I saw your, your list, and it looks amazing. I've already had three of the speakers uh, at uh, Shift on the Bentonville Beacon podcast. There's several more coming up in the next few months. One that you mentioned, Courtney Barrett, Jerry M- M- uh, or sorry, uh, McGee, uh, Jeremy or James? Uh, Jeremy. Today, yep. I, I wanted yeah. to say, yeah, for a moment, I wanted to call him my own name. It is Jeremy yeah. McGee. Uh, talked with him McPhee. back and forth and we haven't, yeah. yes, and we haven't yeah. gotten him. Maybe we should uh, cut that part out so he doesn't hear I just pronounced his name wrong. But hopefully we'll get squared away and get him on uh, the podcast. So I'm excited all these speakers are going to be in in one place. You really have established an all-star lineup. So there must be, you mentioned some of the experiences a moment ago. Is there anything else you would like to talk about in terms of activities and experiences with the uh, conference? Lots of great writing, uh, some delight and surprise moments. uh, Chef Bijou Thomas from Outside Magazine um, is, is, is working with John Frenner on our closing dinner menu at Crystal Bridges. We'll be doing a very special closing evening there. We're also working with Trailblazers on a Pass the Mic event out at Kohler Mountain Bike Preserve. So that will be also be open to the public. You need to RSVP, but we'll bring our conference there. And for um, I've attended a few different Trailblazers Pass the Mic events, and they're just extraordinary. And they really have um, open, hard, candid conversations about how to make sure that we're making bicycling, bike advocacy, the bike industry, the world um, more welcoming, more inclusive. So. We've got a lot of um, great sessions, some fun delight and surprise moments, and we'll all be out at Kohler Mountain Bike Preserve on the second night of the conference um, outside with a great conversation, great nonprofit partners, and some um, some music and some barbecue is rumored to be there as well. That sounds fun. Where at at Kohler? Is it at uh, the the location of Airship and the sort of event facility? Okay. Yep. Under the Paradise Found neon sign. (laughs) Wonderful. For folks who aren't familiar uh, with the area or wh- where we're talking about, the uh, Paradise Found sign and the barns there and, and uh, the coffee shop right in the middle of Kohler where you can get a bite to eat or coffee or even a beer, you can only get there by trail. So you have to ride in or walk in. Uh, those are your only choices. And it's a lot of fun. So if anybody out there hasn't registered yet for Shift 22, how do they do that? Uh, shift.peopleforbikes.org. Pretty straightforward. Okay, let's start bringing this uh, ride to a close. If a viewer or listener wants to reach either of you or to learn more about People for Bikes and how to support your mission, how may they do that? Great way is to go to peopleforbikes.org. You can follow a lot of what we're doing there from policy to infrastructure to participation. And then, you know, for our team here in Northwest Arkansas, we've just launched some social media accounts as well. And so it's People for Bikes NWA find those on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And then like I mentioned, we've got an event right page where we, we host a lot of that rides and, and events that we're doing here. 
Excellent. Well, if I haven't done it yet, you'll see me following uh, you here pretty soon on my personal pages as well as the Bentonville Economic Development with social media. So as we wrap this up, either of you or, or, or both, tell me a story, something where you look at it and think, gee, that's a hashtag because Bentonville moment. It could only happen here or maybe it represents the uh, essence of this place. JP, you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I can go first. You mean beyond just seeing my first live armadillo, right? Um, <laughs> I kid. No, I, there's one moment, you know, I've got some neighbors that I've been riding with um, since I moved up here. And one of them hadn't done a whole lot of gravel riding. So we went out one day. And I mean, this is somebody who grew up uh, in Bentonville. But it was just this great moment where we're out, you know, on the, the big sugar loop and uh, beautiful vista from a gravel road. And he was like, you know, I've never seen this road. Grew up here whole life and had never seen that like particular spot. And just that ability to get on a bike and go be somewhere off the beaten path and just be out in nature and just, just on a, a beautiful day. That's, that's my kind of like, because Benville or that's just going to happen here. I was, I love that. That's awesome. Uh, mine's similar in that I started, James, I started coming to Bentonville in about 2007 or 2008. And I used to sort of joke that I came for the mountain bike trails and I stayed for the people because the people are so great and so wonderful. And um, I've met so many, you know, talented, passionate, wonderful folks in Northwest Arkansas in the last few years. Just like late last week, I had two conversations. I'd never met Charlotte Buchanan Yale, who is the head of the of Mona, the Museum of Native American History. She's lovely. I can't wait to meet her in person this week. Um, I talked to Krista Cup at Runway. She's amazing. Uh, such a talented leader. Like every, um, it seems like every day when in working in Northwest Arkansas, you meet another great talented leader who's trying to create change and to leave a legacy for trails, for the community, for quality of life, you name it. So you've got some really good people there. That's what I've discovered in my short time too. Uh, going on about two years at the end of this year is the people here are, everybody comes here for another reason and they discover the people and everybody seems to be building together forward in the same direction. It's sort of unscripted, uh, but the type of people who move here are builders and folks who just want to help. And as you said, leave a legacy. At this point, what should I have asked that I did not ask? How, what's it going to take to get James Bell on a bike? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I do get on a bike occasionally. Um, I, I bought a sweet mountain bike in uh, last year in October. Nice. It took me uh, a month to get around to getting on it. And uh, I discovered that I needed to take a lesson. And so, well, somebody told me there were two things I needed to do. I said, hey, I want to go ride a trail. What, what should I uh, do? And they said, the first thing is, take lessons. The second thing is rubber side down. It turns out I did one of those two and that was the first one. Um, So by the end of December, on December 27th, when it was a beautiful day and you could ride here, I went over the bars and then I couldn't sleep on my right side for two months. And so then we had a rainy spring, we got into summer and I found myself confessing to Rich Drew and to Gary Vernon, both on this podcast in the last couple of months that I had not been on my bike since. And so I finally got out and started riding again and uh, am going to have to uh, pick it up pretty quick because now my kid is uh, my baby boy. He's two years old. 
is striding around on his strider bike and I, I need to be prepared so that we can ride together and tread some trails together. Nice. I love it, James. And there's no judgment here. A little or a lot, all people <laughs> on bikes are welcome as much or as little as you want. So JP and I'd be happy to take you out. You bet. That'll be wonderful. I, I have no real good excuse because we do have our Friday ride days and uh, we have the uh, Razorback Greenway who are an offshoot of it that basically runs behind our office and we're very close to uh, Slaughter Pin. So I just need to do it. Hey, one last question. What's one way that you have each shown up for yourself during or showed up for yourself during the pandemic and maybe still do today? I think I meditate more. If you, uh, if you want to get personal, I uh, started meditating yeah. and also um, did a lot more walks in our neighborhood and got to meet so many more of our neighbors because everyone just needed to get out of the house. And so our dog, Lucy, is living her best life. She got a lot of walks and we uh, even more walks than she normally would get. So meditation and lots of neighborhood walks. I hate to just ditto, but you know, that's, that's kind of the same for me. It's more time to reflect and then most certainly getting outside as much as possible, walking, riding. Since we've moved up here, you know, discovering the, this swimming hole or that waterfall mm -hmm. or this fishing spot. So being outside has been a, a real uplifting experience. We've done a lot of that. What a beautiful and wonderful place to do it in. I just want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, JP. You uh, talked about the person you took out and rode with. Um, this is something that Gary Vernon brought up too, is that you know adding all these trails has had this uh, effect of getting folks to some of those waterfalls, for example, in yeah. Bella Vista and these places that have not really been accessible before. And it's pretty neat to keep hearing stories from folks who are getting to experience these places for the first time. Indeed. Hey, Jen and Paul, thank you so much for spending time with me and our audience today. And thank you for the work that you're doing for cyclists everywhere and in particular here uh, in Bentonville. Thank you, James. And we Thanks should, for having us, James. And while you have us, um, we should also give a shout out to, to make sure that we do justice to. There's so many great local nonprofits that partner with us or that we get to mm -hmm. partner with them and that are also helping with the shift conference. And we should just acknowledge, you know, all, all bikes, welcome all bodies on bikes, women of Oz, trailblazers, bike uh, people of color and Arkansas Latinas and BC. They're just, there's many other nonprofits as well, but some of those nonprofits are the ones that I just mentioned are getting stories just like John Paul had of getting everyday people out on bikes for the first time and seeing um, how bikes can change lives and communities. And so super grateful to be a small part of this amazing community. Outstanding. I love it. Hey, thanks to the Bentonville Beacon audience. If uh, you like what you heard, I want you to do me three simple favors. Number one, go ahead and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Number two, take a moment and share it on uh, social media. Let folks know that we're out here. Send a quick text, an email to a friend, say check out this episode. And third, come back and learn more about Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas and our uh, leaders and businesses in this place where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. And as always, check out BentonvilleEconomicDevelopment.com to see all of our podcast episodes and learn more. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. We hope to see you next week.